This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As Christmas approaches, will Kieran McKenna and his Ipswich Town side be the Grinches that stole a point at Leeds at Christmas? Or maybe even three. This is the Blue Monday podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and welcome to the pre-match show. We're going out live on Thursday in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub. And if you can't catch us live, then welcome on podcast on demand on video even later on. Uh, We love the fact that everyone is here and joining in and we want to hear from you in the chat. But um, sitting in the passenger seat, of his best friend's ride, um, <laughs> watching someone else drive his podcast, which must be weird. We always use that analogy. Ben's here. I'm here with Ben. This is fun. Um, how you doing, mate? Well, you've just essentially called me a scrub if I'm <laughs> hanging out the passenger side of my best friend's ride. But yeah, not a big fan of um, December and 20% less time, 20% more jobs. I'm a big fan of being a contributor on the podcast. This is the most enjoyable bit. So host the way, Rich. And yet again... A huge game to talk about. Yeah, we're kind of with the with the turkey in the Christmas sandwich, as it were, for um, Leeds on Saturday and then Leicester on Boxing Day. Um, the hateful eight is kind of definitely getting very hateful right now. It's nearly now, over, Rich. It's, it's nearly, nearly over. over. QPR's coming soon, folks, and then Stoke after that. And they haven't got a new manager or anything like that to have a nice bounce or something. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all good. But, well, we're here to talk about Leeds. If you're a Leeds fan in the chat, um, do say hello. We are nice and, and, and helpful and friendly over here. Obviously, if you want to be um, disruptive, then we've got very short shrift for that. But we'd <laughs> love to hear opposition views. We also want to hear from folk out in the chat as well it's christmas time it's like we've got buckaroo it's the last day of school i've just finished work i don't have to work until 2024 now so i'm deep mob happy i'm loving it so um yeah so let's say it to uh, michael's always with the australian weather ben wet and cool in brisbane only 22 degrees at 6 a.m lovely stuff michael good to have you with us uh season's greetings to nick um there you go if we win Le- yeah, um, if we win, Leicester lose. We'll be top of... Yeah, facts. That is Nick's an objective fact from Nick. Yeah. That is factual. Um, <laughs> Philip's here. Neil is here. Ashley's here. Tim's here. There's a lot of... Yeah, a lot of love from the Telegram group. Oh, we've got a new... Buen dia all from... Is that there's a Norwich thing in there, isn't there? Or is I think he's Greg... probably going to get a mention later when we talk about Farker as well, isn't he? Yeah, so uh, hello to Greg, uh, getting in there as well. Uh, Steve's feeling nervous, we'll settle for a draw. I think all of us, will... it's the Mick McCarthy quote, isn't it, Ben? Don't even get on the bus if you can get yourself a point. Um, Bluey's here, a uh, great time to do some boring thing of rapping whilst listening to you guys cheering me up. Yeah, um, 
if you've run out of wrapping paper or if you haven't cut enough just turn it on the diagonal bluey that's the uh that's the way to make it work tiktok teaching me all the things i don't need to know um but a lot of you lovely people here uh thank you for joining in um Hey, Ben's live on the Championship Catch-Up and Blue Monday. What magic is this? Oh, this I've is the magic I've got a niche wrestling reference for that. I'm ravishing Rick Rude, who appeared in the Wrestling Wars in the late 90s on both channels at the same time, because one show was recorded and one show for both right. So, yes, the Championship Check-In is pre-recorded. I am actually sat here talking to Rich live right now, and Thank it's going to finish in about three minutes. All of them, behind the scenes magic, all of the, you know, how we bring this stuff to life, folks. You're getting only because, only because Parkin's got some Saudi commentary gig. Oh, is he on? Right? Is he? Oh, yeah. I thought he'd be offered a kind of a play, a play, ex players like piss oh, up he's or working. something. He's working. He's, yeah. he's professionalism, is, and that's what we want. Um, Ashley is spitting more facts. Uh, Leicester are home to Rotherham Saturday. Um, but stranger things have happened, as we know, as Leeds know, but with that was away, wasn't it? So. Hey ho, let's talk about Ipswich Town um, very briefly before we deal with Leeds, Ben. Two bits of news. One, uh, well, kind of both pertaining to January, really. Massimo Luongo announcing his retirement from the international football, so we'll not be getting an Australia call up for the Asia Cup. And I think the F- Ipswich Town fan base united in joy at that news. Obviously, Massimo Luongo, a, a really important player for us, but has had a really great international career. Ballon d'Or nominee as well. Um, but fantastic news for us, isn't it? It is, and you just hope, Rich. There's been the it's been done the right way. This and there's been a real grown up, sensible look. You, you manager, let's talk. What what are we going to do about this? And um, <clears throat> what's the best way forward? And if I'm not necessarily going to be needed, I can be elsewhere. And it looks like that's the decision they've come to. And obviously, um, we try and um, we try and be empathetic and not put our footballing needs ahead. It's a guy's international career coming to an end. It's obviously a hard thing, mm. hard decision. It will benefit us in January. And I hope he's at peace with having quit and um, the decisions, you know, everybody's happy on all sides. Yeah, there's always a debate about club v country. And it, and it's always kind of uh, England is the one in the mix. People have up and down feelings about England, don't they? Depending on how they do in tournaments, and it's it's, it's usually would you take a promotion for Ipswich or win the World Cup for England? Yeah. And most people choose the club stuff, don't they? Uh, but if you're an international player, and uh, you know a lot of people take a lot of pride from representing their country, then it's no mean feat. Kind of turning that opportunity down one last time, maybe wouldn't have got the minutes. But um, we need to kind of it's a hopefully a grown-up decision as you say but fair play Massimo Luongo there um you know maybe putting club before country perhaps we don't know but as you say great news for us and because that would have perhaps uh, led to some thinking about January acquisitions and whether we need strength in depth in midfield if you lose Luongo but the rumours of Mills started Ben and I'm loath to talk about this because I hate the transfer window nonsense it's all a circus for me but someone who's been mentioned quite a lot in dispatches relation to Ipswich for quite some time is Jay Stansfield and the EADT and TWTD both reporting that we're kind of made inquiries. Does that surprise you? Is he the kind of player that you'd want? And does he fit the, the Alan Nixon, 3 million and 15 grand a week hole in our pocket? Um, Pass on the last bit. I won't, I don't (laughs) know necessarily the details. Um, He fits it so well that we'd actually guessed he would be linked with us, didn't we? With no, we we no, and we'll be quite frank about it. No one had any um, in the no information, but we were sort of looking at players whose 
loans might be redirected about four to six weeks ago and his name came up. Um, what I like about it, Rich, is it's kind of the equivalent of what we did last year in League One, but kind of upper level, isn't it? Um, the difficulty is obviously you're dealing with a Premier League club, so the fee goes up massively. But Jay Stansfield's um, done his kind of um, apprenticeship, hasn't he? Obviously, it was a bit difficult last year at Exeter because there was this big emotional pull, obviously, because his father, his late father, Adam Stansfield, had played there and literally had a stand named after him. They retired the number, he'd taken the number. So a lot of that loan was preoccupied with when is he going to score a goal in his father's shirt, which is a non-football thing that kind of came into the conversation, far more important than than football, a type of family legacy type thing. But he's come up to Birmingham um, this season, looks like he's good for the level. And I suppose it's the it's the same sort of model as a Broadhead or a Clark signing, which we did get last January, of a player at a highly rated club who's maybe not going to get in the team at, at that particular club. And you might be able to do some kind of deal, might involve a buyback or whatever clause is needed to get him out. And you take the benefit of that club's training and you get a good player, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, looks a, looks a good one. Looks a nice sort of long-term, um, long-term outlook, isn't it? It's not a, you know, we all love to see Billy Sharp go to Hull, don't we? But that's not a long-term sign. And this is, what, what's your take on it? It's an interesting... Um different type of forward than maybe we've had under McKenna. Obviously, uh, I th- pretty st- no, he signed Ladapo, didn't he? He didn't inherit Ladapo. Ladapo, Scarlett, Hurst, all physical, um, you know, target men type strikers, albeit we know that Hurst does much more than that. Stansfield may be a little bit more diminutive, but it's got that rapid pace and it can actually score lots of different types of goals. We know to our cost as well, Birmingham, you know, Johnny on the spot span and hit past Ladke, didn't he, for the 1-0 at... Um, at St Andrews, but I, I like the idea of it. I, and, you know, one of those signings, again, that the ownership group target, as you say, with the next, with some resale in potential in there as well. So interesting, maybe a different type of striker for McKenna to target, but ticks lots of boxes for me. So we shall see. And Rich, someone, I know you could probably argue we could switch around a few players in our front four. I could be someone who could play all four positions, inside right, inside left. Orthodox, inverted either side, 10 I was thinking or 10, nine, yeah. 9 at a push as well. So, yeah, yeah again, be beyond Hurst real... from the 10 role would be, yeah, yeah, almost like playing a two, which we, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, this is the beginning of that. And if you, if you want to get, if you want to indulge, unlike me, in idle transfer gossip or speculation, uh, I can heartily suggest subscribing to the Blue Monday Telegram group because match day chat gets converted into transfer window chat in january and uh part of my soul dies but if if you if you like that kind of stuff and i know a lot of people subscribe on telegram do then come and join us a two-week free trial as well so now's a good time to do it and can we just raise this michael is claiming he's got all of the hateful eight correct which is outstanding if he's managed to do it so far and he's got us winning at leeds and drawing against leicester which we will all take richard won't we I mean, yeah. Um, fingers crossed on that, Michael. I uh, also wanted to give a shout out to Philip, who's in the chat as well. Um, and yeah, having a bit of a tough time this year by the sound of it. So, Philip, so uh, sending all our love and uh, thought with uh, thoughts to you. And hopefully 2024 will be a lot more positive for every in all lots of different ways, not least for 
for Ipswich Town as well. Um, it's 2023 is, is going to be difficult for us to beat is, in terms of yeah, being town right. fans, but yeah. you never, you never Good know. With that. <laughs> um, I've put off Leeds as long as I can, Ben, because I've, um, I'm in the Seb Brown kind of role, albeit I'm hosting. Um, I, I did some uh, research and every metric stat record that I can find to talk about Leeds just looks extremely daunting. It's kind of, yeah, doing a parachute team, a relegated team doing what we expect, but with the added benefit of having Daniel Farker in the dugout as well. So it's uh, it's going to be a tough one on Saturday, isn't it? It's an easy rabbit hole to go down, isn't it? Um, I suppose you can always... It is very easy to sit there and say, OK, they've got more money, they've got more resources, they've got this two-time... Um, uh, championship winning manager but look where we are in the table um yeah. so i think that has kind of unpicked certain you know where you where you look at a game on paper and you think oh god is that the hardest game of the entire season or the second hardest game if you class leicester away as maybe more difficult i don't know about you i think i'd rather play at the king power than at ellen road though as well but um, at least rich i'm sure we'll get onto it with intense fan bases you can turn them can't you um yeah if things aren't going so well but no um a huge task but this team um has continually surprised us over the last year haven't they if, if any if anyone is on tiktok quite a lot and i am Scylla black memes are everywhere and you just got surprise surprise but yeah you, uh, it would be it would take a lot but uh, we will come on to us at the end because there is a stat that I want to lob in there that gives a little bit of um op- you know m- hope for something out of this uh, worth bringing people's attention if they haven't already looked at the league table every day for the last I don't know six months four months whatever it is uh Leeds going to this third having um won 12 of their games, drawn six, only four defeats, plus 15 goal difference. Home record, Ben, no defeats at home in the league um, and had a seven-match winning run at home until Coventry came along and got a point. So, again, if we're looking for something to give us a bit of you know, optimism, that might be it. And a defeat last week to Sunderland that maybe no one saw coming, e- or, sorry, two weeks ago that no one saw coming. So two win, two non-wins in the bounce for Leeds, I think, am I right? Yeah, so there's good one point in the last two games, which was a big help um, after. Uh, it's, it seems ridiculous. It's like a Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp standard of if you draw a game, this is a this is a problem. And we've got to remember, this is a 46-game league, not a 38-game league. Um, look, uh, the Leeds fans were quick to point out that they've done the away games at Southampton and at Ipswich and Leicester already. But what that does mean in terms of their home record, which is fantastic and the only undefeated home record in the league, is um, will be the first of the kind of big four um, in terms of point scoring to be to be visiting there, if that puts a little bit of extra context onto the home record. The only problem I've got, Rich is we ain't going to play like Coventry did because we know um, Mark Robbins, very good at shutting up shop and nicking a goal and counter-attacking. So I dare say the pattern of this game might be a little different to that one. Yeah, I think Coventry very fortunate that um, Ruta, um, um, 
missed a few big chances, I think, in that one for them. They were hanging on a little bit, but converted to a back four and stuck five in midfield Coventry. So they did a job. It worked, but it's maybe not necessarily our style. Uh, evening to Alan Leedsbank. Congrats on your season so far. Sat there, I see a 4 1 league <laughs> just as a one off result. I think that's called the SHIT sandwich, that, isn't it? Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, they, those kind of results do happen. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be an interesting one. I'll, thank you for coming along and joining in the chat. And yeah, set us right if we uh, if we misquote or misdirect anyone on um, on your team. Let's talk about um, the Battle of Portman Road, Ben. Uh, the 4-3 win, I guess, told us everything we needed to know. And maybe in terms of teams we played, this is one rare example this season where we played this team at the wrong time. Sinistera disappears off to Bournemouth, doesn't he, after this one, but is involved. But yeah, maybe highlighting maybe some of our defensive deficiencies. Your recollections of August? I, Rich, I almost want to disregard it. I see that game as a little bit of an outlier because, as you just pointed out, Leeds had this weird start where the takeover from 49ers group got delayed and delayed, which meant that they could barely announce Farker until four weeks before, which meant all the transfer business was delayed. Then we got this ridiculous, um, you know, with Luis Sinistera and Willie Nonto basically saying they both wanted to leave. Then they all returned for this game. This was the first game we're going to talk about Leeds front four. Obviously, there's two different players in Leeds front four than played on this day. And the game itself was was a real... It felt like it was the first time we played against a big team. And it was certainly the first parachute team we played, wasn't it? Um, back in the championship. And I don't know, it felt like there was a lot of learning on the job from us and realising that we could go toe-to-toe, but also realising that if you played open against the year one parachute team and didn't have any contingency, they would wrap in three goals in 10 minutes, which is exactly what they did. But I'm not doing this to be kind of delusional, but that game to me, you then look at what Leeds have done. You know, it's then, it's rather different and Dan James is in and um, Somerville is in and... Uh, Glenn Kamara wasn't around then and he's in now and didn't quite know who the goalkeeper was going to be in that game. And I don't know. It's it's very easy to say we learn something and, and nothing from that game, really. I think we learn a lot more from looking at Leeds' home record and a lot more from uh, that run uh, where I think they must have won something like eight in, a, in 11 that happened um, thereafter, if that's fair. Yeah, I... I, I agree with you that it, it feels like maybe one of these kind of weird, freaky kind of games because the, it's the three goals in the first half that, that do us, isn't it? You you shut up shop or you hold out to halftime at 2-1 and maybe the whole complexion looks very different. The fact is we just, it was kind of sucker punch after sucker punch and, you know, relentless teams with that kind of attacking pedigree will do that to you. What I liked was the fact that, you know, Admittedly, it doesn't count for much apart from a bit of goal difference, but Chaplin rocking up with a 97th minute consolation goal, I think actually gave the crowd a lot of confidence and comfort that, you know, we'd play things out as as we have over the last few yeah. weeks because you get battered 4-1, you know, Alan's predicting a 4-1 on Saturday, but a 4-1 defeat there, Ben, is maybe very different at that point in the season. You're totally right. And there's other, there's so many like freak, like you talk about the 97th minute goal to bring it back. We missed a load of chances, and yeah. then two of the goals we scored, there was an own goal. And do you remember Cody Drammer had the worst off sub- 28, isn't he? Or cameo yeah. we've ever seen where he came on and then came back off at 
half time. So there was just a lot of weird things that are unlikely to happen on a regular basis that happened in that game. And I, I just feel that we can look. We, we, I'm not saying this to try and uh, diminish the quality of Leeds because there's plenty of other evidence to say that they've got plenty of it. But I just feel as a barometer, it's probably not really a good one, I don't think. No, I've, I've got some stats actually from the game. So not that these matter because it's the score that matters the most, but possession was 58-42 in our favour. XG, which I know a lot of people love out in the chat, 2.4 to us, 2.5 actually to us, 1.6 to them. Shots, 23 to us, 14 to them. But on target, 7 to us, 9 to them. Big chances. Ironically, you rarely see this, Ben. Big chances, 3 to us, 4 to Leeds. Um, so you know, maybe some dominance in terms of certain stats, but the, the ones that win you the quiz, the, the real quiz, um, went leads his way. Let's get on to, uh, on to how Farker is setting this team up then, because it's <laughs> most teams at this level, it's a 4-2-3-1, isn't it? But that kind of undermines the quality that they have, particularly in the front four positions, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, there's almost a danger, but it might be the right thing to do, to say that the Leeds team is the is the front four. I know they've got quality, haven't they, elsewhere, and Ampadu's done a good turn in central midfield and Kamara, but I feel Leeds' promotion or not just depends on that front four keeping on delivering, and we know what to expect from Farker because we've seen him win the title twice with bloody Norwich, so um, we know we expect high fullbacks. Now, he doesn't have a lot of strength in the fullback position at the moment if he's playing... Uh, Jed Spencer's only just got in the team. He was brilliant for Nottingham Forest on loan from Middlesbrough, went off to Spurs and um, very kind of Jack Clarkey, Ryan Sessignoni type thing where a player kills it in the championship, goes to Spurs and never plays and ends up getting sort of loaned back at some point in the future. So they'll be less impressive from fullback than his Norwich team was with Max Aarons and um, Jamal Lewis, who actually had a good game for us against uh, Watford um, the other day with Ken Semmer down that side. Um, fortunately, Mr. Farker doesn't have one Emmy Buendia or Tammy Puki at the moment. So there's not that complete dominant player who, you know, is just Michael Jordan level at championship level. But Jorginho Ruta in the number nine position. It's weird this because you'd think Piro would be the number nine and Ruta would be the number 10. And they're kind of doing the jobs of the opposite position. But Ruta plays forward and brings people into the game and Somerville and James run by him. And um, Piru, who obviously made his debut and scored in the game at Portman Road, comes from slightly further back to get on the end of stuff. So it's a brilliant front four. It's a brilliant coach. Um, it's a brilliant arena to go and play football in. And um, I think I looked up the goal contributions and it's 49 combined from the front four, which is the bad news. The good news is there's not a lot from elsewhere in terms no, of I was, damage. I was thinking the central midfield, we'll come back to the central midfield pair because a lot of chat of on, about Ampadu because of the fee in the summer, but it kind of feels to me that there, there may be an opportunity for Luongo and Morsi on Saturday. Um, they're certainly not amongst the goals. As you say, Somerville, 10 goals, joint third top scorer in the championship, Piro, eight Dan James having quite the season, including mm. scoring headers. You know, something's yeah. going wrong when you're conceding headers to Dan James for seven. But Root has got the most assists for them. Nine assists, joint top, along with Dewsbury Hall and Leif Davis. I'm not sure any of us back in August would have predicted that one. That is, a, to your point, Pirro and Root are kind of swapping places. 
yeah, interesting there. Um, but Somerville Ben's probably just had a, a massive kind of. I'm, I've never come across him before. Had you heard of? Do you know more about him anything than anyone here? Tell us about Somerville. Well, I had heard about him. Um, I didn't think he'd be, you know, because you've got you've got this thirty-five million euro router who you kind of, if you're. I know ownership shouldn't tell manager who to play, but if you've signed someone for 35 million euros, could could you play that guy so we can either get something out of him or get some get some resale um, going? Um, obviously, they bought Piru in then for 10 million um, pounds with potential add-ons uh, if and when that leads get promoted. I think some of it will cost 1.5 million. So you kind of looked at it. I think Dan James was a 20 million quid player to Man United at, at one point or other. And Nonto um, seems to be the one that, Farker is just saying, look, don't really, don't really fancy you. Whether that's his, I mean, it looks a player, Nonto. So, um, so yeah, Somerville, like you say, seems to be the most ruthless in terms of the goal contributions. But Ruter is quality. He's really, I mean, he scored that great goal at Portman Road, didn't he? Where he took it round a couple of players and then, then popped it in from just on the edge of the box. So there's quality on it. And then the ridiculous thing is, you've then got Pat Bamford, who I know is much <laughs> maligned, but as an England yeah. striker. On the bench, Joe Girlhart as well, Nonto if if needed. So they've got so much quality um in the attacking positions. Yeah, it's um an abundance there, but newly relegated team. Let's quickly um, dive back into the chat. A lot of good debate going on there, and um, Alan showing his working on that forum, which is good. Um, also, shout out to Jason and Matt who have given us a thumbs up on Facebook. We see you, Facebook. Thank you for joining and getting involved. If you're watching on YouTube, please also give us a thumbs up and a subscribe as well. We'll talk more about why subscription might be lucrative for you, but uh, we appreciate the support at this time of year. Nudging us up the algorithms is uh, something that. Both Ben and I bloody love it's, it's that's our <laughs> that's the real quiz for us. Um, yeah, um, interesting thought here from Neil. I guess it's a cliche, but we say it most weeks. Ben, uh, first goal is critical this week. Would you subscribe to that thought? I don't know with us because we do tend to be very good at coming from behind, don't we? But I don't know. I'm, I'm sure many of our chat will have been to Elland Road, and it's the sort of stadium that can be the 12th man for Leeds. And I say this with love. Because I've seen it happen in a playoff semi-final. It's the sort of stadium that can put a lead vest around those players just with the sheer awe and size and expectation of it all. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Greg suggested the front four are not happy campers. There was a mention of it's a bit of a scuffle at full time. Greg mentions with um, a Coventry player um, shaking hands and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, no repercussions after that. Are we I reading much into that? I'd take my front four being unhappy and notching 49 goal contributions. So, yeah. you know, it's it's working on the pitch, isn't it? I, I don't know any of the, the, the players personally to to say that. No, and we haven't really talked... I mean, it's not... It doesn't matter at all now. And it has minimal bearing on Ipswich apart from maybe it weakens them. But you wonder whether teams might come in for some of these players in January, Ben, from the Premier League, perhaps. You would think, yeah, you would, you would think... Um, well, that's about the promotion race less this match, obviously, isn't it? So. Yeah. And what are you sort of talking about? Someone in the middle of the Premier League who might need some goals. The Wolves are a fuller more. Looking fairly safe so they can throw some money at it. Yeah. Um, Farker actually said today um, January would be quiet at Leeds. So I don't know whether that's him being a clever bugger like he tends to be or he's telling the truth. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see if it's, you know, if they've, he's got the, um, 
got the okay, but you never know if a big offer comes in for a, it. Would be Ruter would be the one they wouldn't want to lose, isn't it? Yeah, well, the universe doesn't care. Uh, talking about the left back situation, uh, desperately need to look at left back. Someone of the Leaf Davis standard. Yeah, well, it's nice. Should have put a buyback in that deal, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. You can, I think we got away with one there, perhaps. Um, but yeah, some good stuff in the chat. Keep it, keep it going. A lot of um, Alan was Alan did uh, give us his uh, opinion on why he was going for the four one, but I can't find it now. Um, but I think it was the suggestion was because we are quite open. Um, there we go. I found it again. The reason behind my four is that you will play open football and not part of the bus like Coventry. Um, so, yeah, uh, but we'll no, talk more about that. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds have played 22 games and not won 10 of them. So, do, do you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's all very well saying that, but the evidence doesn't necessarily suggest that that's yeah. the, that's again, that's a bit unfair to all the points, all the, the 10 teams that have taken points off Leeds to say that they've all, they've all parked the bus, which I'm sure is not the case. Yeah, and and I'm not sure whether we are as open away as we are at home either as well. But more on that later on. Um, need to say um, Merry Christmas to Nathan. Oh, Nathan. Upper Tawan. Um, hope you all have a good one. Nathan, thank you so much. Have a Merry Christmas down under $7.99 Australian dollars. We appreciate you. Thank Legend. you. Thank you, support. Nathan. Um, we love that, Nathan. So thank you very much. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, an Australian Christmas. Have you ever done Australian Christmas? My sister's done it. It's a bit of a different experience than... Middle of January I went there, but no, I was never there over Christmas. But yeah, I, was, I tell you what, splits up the British winter and treat the old Aussie yeah. summer in, the, in January. Yeah, beautiful. Lovely stuff. A barbecue at Christmas time and yeah, 30 degree heat, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, very incongruous. Uh, yeah, how it looks on the cards. Let's move. I'm distracted by Christmas chat. Uh, we'll come to that later on. A few bits and pieces in terms of just to kind of flesh out some of the thoughts on how leads go about stuff. I mean, average possession, 55% is no real surprise. Fourth highest in the league is six, nearly 60% at home. Um, high pass accuracy, high XG, high creating big chances, second highest chances. Um, third for um, highest number of touches in the opposition's box as well. Shots per game, lowest shots based per game. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stats, Ben, as I mentioned at the top. One thing that um, lowest in the championship for accurate long balls by some distance. Don't um, plainly do they. So it's, yeah, and and then flip it around, fifth highest for accurate short passes. So, And yeah. Rich, the, uh, love all those stats, but use your eyes. Go and watch 10 goals Leeds have scored under Farker and these vertical attacks very much like Plymouth tried to do to us at Portman Road and Plecky had a really good game. Just you look and you think they're going to have to circulate the ball to do anything here. And that front four will quickly play right through you with two or three, two or three passes, one round the corner, runners come in narrow, someone off. And just have a look how many times that goal has been scored where you look at the back four and you think, okay, that all, that all looks good. And knife through butter. Yeah, one of the uh, a few things in terms of things that we might need to watch out for, they are top for possession one in the final third. Really? And they're top for counter-attack goals as well. Um, six through ball assists as well is the highest for goals scored as well. So, I th yeah, those quick conversions, those turnarounds and attack with pace, we know that front four have got that pace. So, yeah, they and will Parker's be interesting, will they? Parker's Norwich used to do that as well, didn't they? Yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, defensively, Seven clean sheets, the same number that we have. Um, Meslier's got negative goals prevented, so he perhaps could have done better with some of these as well. But 
I guess one thing that surprised me was aerial duels. Their second highest for aerial duels in the championship. I'm is that all I'm Joe nerdy? So, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's talk about the personnel. We mentioned the front four, but yeah, I guess the fullbacks. There is a little bit of a challenge there. No Sam Byron, as we mentioned. Archie Gray, we all bloody love, but is he playing out of position at right back? <laughs> Massively, yeah, we love him uh, pinging the ball about in central midfield. And uh, believe me, this is not a Ricardo Pereira at Leicester or a Kyle Walker Peters at Southampton where you're putting a really good ball player at fullback to essentially use as a midfielder in possession. This is because Leeds haven't got any fullbacks. And um, Luke Ayling, it looks like his kind of time has come. And Jed Spence was. Um, injured, wasn't he? Uh, Junior Firpo is unpopular uh, with the fans there. Sam Byram had come in. I think he got an assist, didn't he? Or certainly put in a cross that led to a goal maybe in the next phase at Portman Road. And he's not going to be around. So, yeah, they do feel light at fullback. And I'm sure when they get Spence up and running, he'll be fantastic for them. But maybe that's not yet. So, fingers crossed. And you're telling me Spence played left back? I think so. Um, last game so uh, as much as I turn every episode of the Blue Monday podcast into the Nathan <laughs> Broadhead um, Appreciation Society you'd fancy him um, sort of in off the left against Archie Gray wouldn't you? Yeah we'd leave Davis bombing long past Stop it. Stop it! That'd be good wouldn't it? Uh, the, the midfield duo of Kamara and Ampadu we, I've alluded to before and I, I'm going to repeat this phrase from last week as well which I very much enjoyed doesn't Butter too many parsnips. It's not. Is it as strong as Luongo Morsi? Is it Dewsbury Hall esque? It's you know. There's obviously Ampadu high pedigree there, and Kamara ex Rangers and played a lot of games for them. Um, but is this maybe the area of the pitch where they're a little bit weak, apart from fullback? No, you know I wouldn't say so. No, I think it's, help me I out, mate. I'm trying to. <laughs> I, I, Rich, I think it's strong. I think yeah. um, Ampadu's kind of was the solid presence they needed in there, and I think. Kamara in the game, the big head-to-head game, and this is bad news for us, that they won at Leicester. I think he was possibly a man-of-the-match contender in in that one. So Falcon never had like a deep-line playmaker-type guy at Norwich either. Is it, Things do happen around his central midfield. I know Morsi seems to have turned into that for us now. He seems to do bloody everything, doesn't he, which is great. But no, I, I like the Leeds midfield too, and I think they... You know, if you've got that front four, you just need solidity anyway, don't you, in those spots and feed the ball through to him, right? Yeah, and they've got the, the two chunky centre-backs that we've talked about. Melier in goal has never really convinced me. He's, you know, good, maybe good shot stop here and there, but I think he's got a little bit of an error in him every now and then. So that'll be interesting to see. One other stat, that if I'm trying to find these little um, rays of light to give us some hope. We've got double the number of goals that they have from outside the area. So shooting from range, you never know. Um, And they've only scored five goals from set pieces and none of them direct free kicks. So the set piece danger is not as significant. Obviously, Borough, their second goal was from a set piece delivery as well. So maybe there's there's some way we can get there. But yeah, not too many goals conceded at home is, is the problem you know we're not talking too many there that you, we could talk about how they've conceded um i guess um latte last scored quite a good goal instinctive goal cutting in didn't he near post so maybe that's the get shots off ben it's the way to do it chaplin and broadhead firing shots in on them well and this is where it's lovely being an ipswich fan because we know we know exactly what the game plan is going to be and it's worked fantastically well and as much as I don't want to be getting my excuses in early, you know, 
it is a 46 game season we are 10 points clear and if that um plan isn't good enough to beat a u1 parachute team with um 33,000 rabid fans behind them at home again before christmas um that's not the end of the world because it's proven that it might well I mean, you're talking lots of lots of great stats, Richard. But um, uh, a good stat for you is Ipswich Town have won 16 games this <laughs> season. Um, you know, and they've been very good away from home, Ipswich, haven't they? So, and as as you were sort of saying, slightly, I'm I'm sure McKenna's just too clever for us layman fans to even notice what it is that he's doing differently at home than he is. But there's something. There's something, isn't there, is where it's all a little bit, a little bit tighter, or maybe teams come out against us a little bit more. So, um, as as McKenna loves to open up his pre-matches, it's just a brilliant fixture, isn't it? Yeah, and we've got to take heart from wins at Southampton and Watford only a week ago. So. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, you know. So there you go. And uh, thank you to the Telegram group. Um, only nine goals conceded away, which is again, Alan, why we're kind of querying the 4 1. I mean, it, of course, it could happen. We hope it mm. won't. But yeah, only nine goals conceded away from home is the best in the division. So we do know how to keep the goals out. So yeah, nicely poised. It's, I'm, I'm starting to feel more confident about it. Um, Sibo <laughs> says uh, we can afford to draw, of course. Leeds need to win. If we can do what that sweet corn and sprouts did us to us last week, are we celebrating like that carrot rod lot did yeah i mean um whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content nordvpn has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at blue monday nordvpn can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events box sets or films with one click of a button nordvpn can digitally transport you to the us australia or amsterdam for the price of an ITFC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, talk to me about the narrative, Ben, because we, we, we've talked about this in the Telegram roundtable, uh, which, again, another perk of being... I haven't seen that yet. So, yeah, definitely. We were talking about the road effect. Yeah. Kind of, it could go both ways. But the other thing we were talking about was a lot of Leeds fans, and no disrespect meant here at all, but a lot of a lot of non-Ipswich fans have been predicting the blow up. We'd drop points. We'd you know go on that terrible shocking run, and we hasn't really happened. But Leeds fan in particular were kind of thinking, well, this game is the point where we overtake Ipswich. Yeah. And now whatever happens, it doesn't. And I wonder whether that takes some of the sting out of it, or whether it intensifies it for Farker. I don't know. It's narrative. Any thoughts? It's so so hard to say, isn't it? Because it's the sort of thing where any one of those things you've just laid out could be the case. But it depends on the result, doesn't it? So it's, do you know what I mean? It's a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Look, um, would you rather be the team with the 10-point lead or the team with the U1 parachute payments? And the, I, I don't know, there's arguments for arguments for both, isn't there? That's what makes it beautifully, beautifully poised. Um, certainly, you would think we would be okay with a draw and 
Leeds probably, and you would probably think a Leeds draw, they're going to be overtaken by Southampton, who are going to QPR as well. And this is the this is the fly in the ointment for everyone. Southampton are the only ones without a head-to-head in these next two games. It, look, Leicester have got Rotherham at home in the first game, so we would assume they move nicely onto 58 points. And then it's them that comes to Portman Road in the lovely cushy cigar up. doesn't really matter what they do. Everything's kind of all all tucked up for them. But, yeah, you would, you would suggest the pressure's on, but I'm sure both managers will be saying, look, it's, what is interesting, Rich, is that the two head-to-heads are done this early in the season. You know, yeah. we, we're not even at the – this will be the halfway mark. And Ipswich and Leeds now don't play each other again for the rest of the season. And we discussed this on the pod the other night, didn't we? Southampton are now going to have to do away games at all of these teams. Leeds are doing home games against everybody. So, look, you know, you can you can then drip that in with all the other narratives. So, yeah, it could go any one of the 10 storylines you, you sort of suggested. Um the, the result defines all, doesn't it? If that's yeah. not state of bleeding obvious. Yeah, well, I, I, what I loved as well is um, the guys on the pod, and you can go back and watch um, the the flagship from last weekend, the chat about the, the last fixture for Leeds, which is Southampton, oh. isn't it? You know, that feels like one of those kind of critical mass kind of moments, doesn't it? Perfect yeah. storm moments. We shall see. Uh, Philip mentioning that Tan haven't lost back-to-back games. I mean, we haven't just we haven't lost that many at all, have we, Philip? So, yeah, that mentality is strong. Uh, wherever we go um, and we will come back later on and do some predictions about it any more on Leeds Ben before I move on to us um no I think we've I think we've covered it haven't we and um yeah like we said at the top of the show Rich it's very easy looking at this type of opponents to talk yourself into these on paper things we said this even before we were in the championship that our pattern of play and our coaching is our £35 million striker. It is our parachute payment or what have you. So that has um, equaled out a lot of things this season, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I was just reading um, Carnival Nation maximum points in the next three games. It's last season all over again. Don't, don't get too far Stop ahead it. of yourself. Um, <laughs> and also, I think I'm, I'm trying to find the comment. Um, it might be from Trevor here. Uh, Leeds a far more important game than Leicester, I guess. I make him right. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people feeling quite um, confident about Leicester as well on on Boxing Day. We'll come back and talk about that, I'm sure, um, on confident. the flagship show on Sunday. <laughs> Have you seen him play? Well, <laughs> different home and away, perhaps, I don't know. But Fair. you can't fancy us against anyone at home, haven't you? And we've got to give ourselves some credit at some point. We're very good at, you know, on this show in particular, we obviously try to give due care and respect to the opposition. We maybe went a little bit too far last season, sometimes in League One, but certainly against Leeds and teams like that. You know, you've got to know your enemy, as it were, and we'll, um, yeah, but we... Um, we're not certainly not undermining the strength of McKenna's team and um, certainly the strength and the, the dugout of our coach and his team as well. Let's talk about us. Get your thoughts in about team rotation in the chat because I think this is probably one where rotation and the Christmas schedule starts to play a part, perhaps, Ben. Um, any thoughts on changes from the team that faced Norwich last week? So let me get this right. We've got, is it four in nine days, but... The last two are at home. Forgive me, I should have come on knowing exactly this. So, yeah, it's interesting because we go away, home, home, away, which is kind of helpful, isn't it, to have that no travel 
you know, in between the 23rd of December and the and the 1st of January game at Stoke. Joe made a fair point, Rich, on the flagship where he said it tends to be the middle game. It tends to be go at the first game where you've had the week's prep with the full team. Obviously, this means you're rotating players against a team, Leicester, who have finished fifth in the Premier League twice in the last five years or whatever it is. Um, so I wonder if it's very easy to overthink and you just go strong, strong, strong as you can in the first game, see where you are in the in the second. Um, really, though, for me, it's a Brandon Williams, Harry Clark question. Um, we're seeing lots of stuff about Tuan Zabian, Wolfenden and Burgess and how you manage all of all of that. But if you've had a if you've had a week to go at it, part of me thinks you just play your play your strongest team and it might be unchanged. I don't know. What, yeah. What's your take? I I, th- I think you're right, and a lot of people are thinking, well, Tuan Zabi's got to come in because Burgess is off to the Asia Cup, unlike Luongo. But actually, Burgess has been one of our most consistent centre backs, so you'd mm. be loath to take him out of the team at all. I think Harry Clark has now made the right back spot his own. Um, so I, I'm, the only debate really for me is, um, is is it Taylor or Luongo? And the fact that Luongo is committed to sticking around here and not go off to the Asia Cup as well means I'd be playing him. So I think you're right. I think, you know, absent of any other logic, strongest team against Leeds, strongest team against Leicester, and then rotate, as you say, for um, QPR, for Stoke, perhaps. And I think given what you've said about the kind of central midfield um Maybe you might want Taylor's legs against um, Winks and Dewsbury Hall and, and Didi against Leicester. I, we're more likely to get the runaround in central midfield against um, against Leicester than I know they come forward in this kind of two three five um, shape with the fullback in there as well. But against yeah against Leeds, you you kind of want to just be attacking their fullbacks like you were you were suggesting there. So. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Taylor back against Leicester. And yes, yeah, so interesting about Harry Clark, isn't it? Because do you remember at the live show, um, it was after the Preston game where Brandon Williams was incredible and it was like, oh, mate, Harry Clark ain't getting back in this team, is he? But Yeah, you felt really sorry for him, yeah. Yeah, ebbs and, ebbs and flows, doesn't it? So I, I think I make you right, yeah. Um, I think Clark's got thought- that shirt back. Here from the universe doesn't care, which is my favourite name to read out, particularly for people listening on the podcast who maybe think that I'm just being rude, um, but I'm not. No, it's a great name. Burns, um, and not just because of that goal, has got back to his best. Um, you, we need a proper name, don't we? I need, or I need to u- abbreviate it. UDC says, I would have Hutchinson on the left. Sorry, Ben, but Broadhead has gone off the ball, especially away from home. We would Again, this is another one of the debate in the Telegram roundtable. Again, this is a, we get some of our Telegram contributors together and have a bit of a debate and a discussion. So it's another perk of joining the Telegram group. Apologies for going into PR mode. But we were talking about whether Broadhead maybe is a home and away player. Clearly, maybe I think split opinion perhaps last week. I think maybe I was a bit critical of him having watched the game back he was much more effective than I thought and people fixate on the missed chances Ben but Hutchinson may be a good opportunity against the fullbacks on Saturday perhaps potentially yeah I mean you'd have to be far more specific than off the boil I'd need I'd need a better explanation than that and I think we need to understand what our expectations for Broadhead are what's you know what is what represents good what represents bad my take is he is still 
the number one player in that team in a tight game for being able to unpick a defence. I know the pattern of play is wonderful, but um, yeah, and look, maybe, yeah, maybe he could have had a had, had a few things go differently in the last in the last few weeks. But um, you know, uh, I, I I I think sometimes get behind a player and you know just keep them in there. And uh, I think this what is the saying: um, form is temporary, classes classes permanent. And um, I I see a player there who can do things that most other yeah. players in the squad can't in in tight tight air that are not to do with the pattern of play. Don't get me wrong. I, I love all our players, but some of them are being put into a system and a situation that really, really helps them out. You know, is it, 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 to use Leif Davis as an example, who is outstanding, is he going to get the same amount of numbers in a team that maybe isn't disproportionately sending the ball down the left-hand side and giving him that attacking sort of chance. So it's, um, it swings and roundabouts and um, yeah, that would, that would be my defensive of, of Broadhead, but love, love Hutchison um, as well. Just prefer him as a, as a sub, I think at Ellen road. Uh, Town treats. Um, are people really discussing dropping our top scorer? Yeah. Fair, fair point there. And, and in, in terms of your first 11, which we can all do with our eyes closed and whatever you want to say, Broadhead's in it, isn't he? Every day of the week. And, I talked about maybe taking opportunities from shots, either from range or pot shots from inside the area against Leeds. Uh, there's no one better apart from maybe Chaplin than Broadhead. So, yeah, I think we uh, I think we go with that. We stick with our strong option. And then what a great opportunity it is for Hutchinson off the bench as well, potentially. So, yeah, all very happy with that. Just checking in on other stuff in the chat. Um, yeah, match winner Ben. Um, near, uh, John here, um, Clark has the chance to go full circle and road on Saturday. Came in for a lot of criticism in the four three game, a lot of freeze frames of goals conceded. I remember on social media, Ben. Um, Never respond- ever judge anything football from a freeze frame. Yes, indeed. My- <laughs> and we don't know the instruction that Clark was given either. So, and John's yeah. right. Um, came in for a lot of criticism, whether it was fair or not. Um, but responded brilliantly. Good game on Saturday, and it would be fitting. And that thunder bastard has to happen at some point, Ben. We've been predicting it since he joined <laughs> almost a year ago, hasn't it? So, where better else than uh, Ellen Road for that to happen? Um, thank you, everyone in the chat. We will um, we'll go into predictions shortly, and then probably we're going to have enough time for a bit of Q and A at the end as well. So, Let's do it. Any questions for Ben? Let um, um, save them up and stick a Q at the start. And we'll Tactically, come back. Tactically, I think presents are being wrapped in there now. The longer I stay on this, okay. Well, there's your opportunity, folks. The numbers are the numbers are solid, so we'll stick around (laughs) as long as you've got questions for Ben. How about that, folks? Um, Things that I need to um, draw your attention to. We mentioned the Telegram group a few times. Two week free trial if you've not been a member before. A perfect opportunity over Christmas and into the new year to use that two week free trial. Then a subscription thereafter. And there's lots of stuff going on there. So hopefully, plenty to keep you with us. And the community there is fantastic, isn't it, Ben? And match day chat comes into its own as well. Um, I probably. I'm yeah. never in the match day chat. I can't hack it. So I, I, opt, I opt tense, out of that it? one. But I'm very much in the discuss the pod in the Ipswich Town chat. No, it's absolutely brilliant. And I think the most flattering thing for us, um, Rich, without um, name dropping a few people, but a few people that myself and Rich would respectfully say were far more knowledgeable and in the in the journalism category, come into that chat um, for you know to to have their say and to listen to what the guys are the guys are saying. So yeah, really amazing the Telegram. And if it isn't. If it isn't discussion and chat about um, 
goodness me about cricket and the other in the other place and pop master and all that kind of stuff it's uh it's uh, exclusive content as well like the round table so get do get involved um if telegram isn't your thing and wes burns trivellas are we've got another giveaway with our friends at mazella designs uh recreating or immortalizing that fantastic goal um if you head over to our twitter page and we know not not everyone uses twitter so it's one of those ones folks but um we are giving one of those away we'll announce you when you're after leads also thank you to the thumbs up there are more thumbs up on facebook thank you to adrian martin um and i think ben as well who's joining on facebook please do give us a thumbs up here on youtube as well we appreciate it please do subscribe as well because if you then head to any of our social media including twitter but also um instagram and facebook we want to give away a town shirt but to do that we've set a target um of subscribers and that's what we want to do so do support us by subscribing not least because you get excellent content if we do say so ourselves a few times a week but you might be in the running if you um join the posts on our socials to win a town shirt as well if we hit our numbers by the weekend um as always we're brought to you in partnership with the greyhound worth noting that they will be open on boxing day but not for food so if you want to go to the Greyhound before the game on leicester uh, it's beers and complimentary snacks ben don't know what they might be But make sure if you're it's um, not possible for the Greyhound to get any better. And then you tell me about complimentary. Yeah, snacks. look out. Yeah, but look out for people's hands in the peanuts is what I'd say, you know, but I'm sure it, maybe it will be classier than that. I don't know. But thank you to the Greyhound for their support as well. Uh, we really do appreciate that. And we'll be back on Sunday. Is it Sunday? Yeah, I think it will be. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, we are literally rich from this days. point onwards now. I don't know what day of the week it is days until FA Cup, uh, January the 6th. So I don't care what day it is. So uh whatever day you're listening to this <laughs> after leads in a good degree of time after leads we will do the flagship show pod we will look back i think it's me joe and dave it will be a pre-record though rather than live because it's christmas eve folks so i'm sure you could understand i'm sure you'll be busy anyway with family or doing other bits and pieces as well so uh, we will pre-record that we will we will i'm going to go back ben i'm going to hark back to the good old days of the pod and do a questions tweet post wow uh, a full time after leads so if, um, we will have we'll love to have your questions via twitter or x after leads um, or we'll do it in telegram but the pod will be out probably um probably similar time maybe five o'clock sometime like that on sunday and then we'll keep you posted on shows we're doing live reactions lester qpr stoke we just need to pin some people down from the team but plenty of content coming your way yeah you're good fine you're done you're fine um so yeah i think i've done everything I, I, and yeah we'll say merry christmas at the end so yeah let's do some predictions it gets it means i can play the instrumental version of uh, a ton of love On um, Saturday before the Norwich game, Ben, I got a a call on my phone, a video call, and it was from Ed. Um, from no way! Ed. And, and oh, I was thinking, so oh, I feel good. so special. He's obviously feeling really great about the derby and wants to chat. And I happened to be walking outside Portman Road because I was meeting some mates in town. And uh, I answered it. Um, and he went, I'm sorry, mate, I didn't mean to call you. And my heart sailed. But we had a nice chat about the Derby anyway. So um, thank you, Ed, for your support of the podcast. We oh, love um, being able to have editors music. It's so cool. So, um, yeah, Merry Christmas to Ed and all the boys. Editors, uh, last time out, a uh, win in the Prediction League for Ben, who's representing the Telegram group, and Ben's in the chat, so he can show some of his working for his predictions for this week. So congratulations to Ben. It wasn't a particularly high-scoring week, hence why I'm not putting it on the screen. Uh, but let's have a look about what we're doing this 
week. You mentioned there's a few early games tomorrow. None of them particularly exciting. I'm just looking through Ben and probably the what was your what was yours and Sam's um fixture of the week, your um one to watch or whatever it is. This one we've just spent the last 53 minutes previewing. So yeah. There you go. So watch Ben's show for even more insight from Sam Parkin. Mr. Sam Parkin obviously led off with the two goals that he did score at Elland Road for um most of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you tagged him in it, he would lo- bloody love that, I tell you. I'll send him, yeah. Yeah. But Borough West Brom's an intriguing one. We're all predicting a, a narrow, well, a very a low goal scoring draw there, but that could go either way, couldn't it? It's fascinating, West Brom. Yeah, a few weeks ago, I'd had West Brom definitely winning that. Middlesbrough still struggling for a few first teamers, so I went down the I went down the middle on that one. If it had been at West Brom, I would have backed the baggies, but I've gone for the draw there. I... I don't know whether it's us losing to West Brom, but I suddenly have a lot more faith in them. But they they don't seem to have kicked on much since, no, shame, um, yeah. since that one. But other than that, Ben, there's a lot of kind of narrative matches because of managerial situations. Obviously, Plymouth without a manager, Birmingham with a manager who's definitely not had that bounce. Uh, you're predicting uh, a draw there, presumably off the back of Plymouth's decent home record, but an improving Birmingham, is that... Uh, it's just Plymouth now is, and um, we obviously have intimate knowledge of Plymouth after their incredible um, run to beat us to the League One title last season. But it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see because I think we all, deep down, even though he annoyed us a lot last season, we all think Schumacher is really good. And um, just be interesting to see how, how that pans out now. And he goes um, Stoke play Millwall. And if Millwall do not beat Stoke on Boxing Day, it's Millwall QPR, which could be a really potential switch around QPR leave the bottom three type game if it goes wrong for Joe Edwards and Millwall. So, um, yeah, it'd be, be fascinating to see um, how. And did you see um, Paul Cook as Vinny yeah. with a oh, Plymouth? I don't, have, be... I don't have to dust out that impression. My larynx has only just recovered. Yeah, I don't know. Um, mean to poor old cookie but that might be a bit of a come down Schumacher to cook mightn't it yeah I agree with you there yeah <laughs> a lot of teams obviously championship we know is a bit of a basket case when it comes to sacking managers and so on a lot of teams subscribing to the young coach and probably following the Ipswich model perhaps in that front but it's not really working maybe Sheffield Wednesday are the only ones who have maybe got some sustained form out of it you'll hey, QPR. QPR a little bit as well got like 10 points in five yeah haven't they um, well, look, Rich, at the end of it, everyone seems like they're going to have a 30, I don't know, 37 to 45-year-old career coach in the, in the dugout. The Mick Beal back at Sunderland yeah. as well. So, Yeah, well, you, you're predicting uh, Southampton to win at QPR. That's a tall order to do anything there, isn't it? Um, but other than that, Ben, it's not it's not a vintage week of, prediction, uh, of fixtures to predict, is it? So let's focus on the main event then. And I guess both you and I have a sense of a bit of foreboding about this one. Yeah, I've gone for 2-1 to Leeds. Obviously, um, in life, we have to um, treat the world as it is rather than as we as we want it to be. Um, I would much rather that was Leeds 1, Ipswich 2. I'm, I'm just a bit worried defensively about us. I think we can score. I always think we can score, but I wonder whether they might get two up. Um, possibly in the first half of it goes really well for them. Um, I agree with all the comments. I'd love us to get to the 30-minute mark without conceding and then we can we can grow into the game. And I will say, every time 
I've remotely doubted um, this team. They have gone on and to bigger and better things. So I hope I'm wrong, um, but I've gone for Leeds to win it 2-1, yeah. That's my attitude as well. Prove me wrong or make me oh. feel stupid. I love, I love being wrong. It's brilliant. Um, ben... When it involves Ipswich winning, I tell you. Yeah, I mean, it's, that was... <laughs> Yeah, last season, pretty frequently, I'm, I've made that um, mistake. Um, ben, uh, inspiring loyalty, Ben, and he's got, he's he won last week, so we have to put some credit in Ben's name as well. I think he predicted the win at Borough too, so Ben's got pedigree. He's going for the one or draw. So I'll take it. I'll take it, Rich. Best thing, aren't we? We're either you and I are kind of tempting fate, kind of reverse psychologying it. Uh, no, no, of, honestly, that's genuinely what I believe is going to happen. I, yeah, I promise it, I'm not. On, honestly, a, I, I mean, yeah. It's not 4-1, is it? Put it that way. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Colin's predicting a Davis to score. Um, HCH, Davis has been quiet in the last few games. Not bad, but the team hasn't used him as much. Um, yeah, we love narrative, don't we? So, um, uh, yeah, Michael's going for a 2 all. Both town full-backs to score. Uh, I love when people show extra work and like that. Well, um, that's going to be 66-1, to one, probably, with the uh, uh, with both full-backs to score. That's going to be massive. Double that. Get, when get the bet on that, stop, Michael. When the on. fun stops, stop, Michael. Michael's, please um, play responsibly. He's the king of Check the... out Match Bingo if you're um, interested. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, people do well, things. One of our subs won £1,000, Rich, on the Ipswich-Norwich game. So. Wow. An How? Ipswich fan. Oh, yeah. How? What? How do you do it, though? He won on Match Predicting Bingo. Oh, the... bought a card. Yeah, bought a card. Mine. Anyway. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, giving them free on. publicity. Uh, we'll, we'll dip into the questions while we're here as well. HGH is asking, uh, when, when's your next town game? You're doing Leicester? Um, yeah, I'll be at the Leicester. So, yeah, I've been to the last two. If I'm getting, uh, I don't know whether he's giving me stick for not turning up to the Ipswich game. I think he wants last... post match. I love I, your post match. Oh, your okay, for the vlogs. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to be at the Leeds game. We're off there with family um, stuff on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. But. There is now a solid plan that I'm going to be at the Leicester game and we'll get past the Leicester game and then we'll see about the QPR game. That's less likely, but um, yeah. Stoke on New Year's Day. I, th I think you need... Not happening. <laughs> so, you know, there's a free pie or a pint waiting for you at Stoke to justify that for me, I'm afraid. Uh, Michael yeah. asks about uh, Freddie. Uh, do we need to give Freddie more than the the last five minutes to get him back to his best? Uh, it feels like with we talked about Stansford at the top of the show, Ben. His, his days at field numbered, don't they, sadly? They Big do. part of last season, but... Oh, yeah, amazing numbers last season. But, um, oh, and there's no polite way of saying it, is there? But a team challenging at the top of the championship is a very different proposition than the team challenging at the top of League One. And um, I, not that I reject the premise of the question, Rich, but... I think it's a different question that needs to be asked about our striking options rather than how do we get the best out of Freddie, who has been a fabulous servant um, in his year and a half. Yeah. Uh, Jim, a uh, statement here more than a question. If we were going into this game knowing a win would put a seven points clear, we'd be absolutely buzzing. We can't fail to be happy where we are, um, where we're when we're done at the end of the weekend. So, yeah, context is king. As always, evening to David. Um, great to have you with us as well. Uh, Colin's going for a three-all. The Sky would bloody love a three-all, wouldn't they? Uh, Mark, oh, two-one. Sky, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, Mark going for the two-one. Um, and Philip's going for a two-one as well. Two-one's getting more popular here. Uh, Greg's going for similar. Um, Universe doesn't care. UDC. Um, I'm going head, not um, not heart. Same answer anyway. Three-two town. More entertainment. 
value. Uh, Neil, I think we dealt with the Freddy question. He asked about Caden Jackson. Ben, I think Caden Jackson's probably going to stick around. Oh, Rich, I've sold Caden Jackson for about the last eight transfer windows and be wrong. So I've, I've, I'd be the wrong person to um, wrong person to ask. Let's see what let's see what the Mark Ashton can do in terms of incomings um, in January. I don't I don't want to be harsh here, and I don't know how you felt about it, Rich. But when we made this treble sub in stoppage time of Jack, who was it? And we ended the game against Norwich with Jackson and Ladapo and and Scarlett Harness. Who else came on, Rich? Scarlett came on as well. He brought Scarlett and Ladapo on. I thought that's not Broadhead, Hurst, Chaplin, Burns. No. And I don't want to be love all of our players, but levels, yeah? There is a first 11, isn't there? And, yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, bringing us back down to earth, but we've, we've gone with it as well, David, so you don't feel bad about it. Uh, two undefeated, he's predicting there as well. Sully, our mate in New York. Um, hello to Sully Tool. Feels like a tool, he says. Um, Jack agrees. Um, uh, UDC, I'm abbreviating it. I'm sticking with it. Predicting leads. And I love extra stuff like this, extra credit. Um, predicting a sending off or an injury in a sub, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Nick, whoever scores first will win. There is his prediction. I'm not, oh, I, I think this could be topsy-turvy potentially, Ben, don't you? I, I'm not sure. We obviously had Neil's point before, but yeah, I wouldn't put it surprise any team. If we scored first, Leeds would fancy themselves to get two, wouldn't they? So, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, and, and as we know, we're not maybe as iron-clad at the back as we could be. Uh, Eric's going for lucky 3-2. Tim, 2-1. Town. Um, Colin, I'm not good. I'm not doing the 360 miles for a defeat and the 47 quid and the petrol on top of it. Yeah, um, fair play to the Travelling Blue Army. That is a um, that's good loyalty on uh, the Christmas weekend, isn't it? Um, Metal Jace to all. Um, yeah, so some good stuff. And um, we mentioned Gareth a few injuries to Leeds, uh, Furpo, Dallas, and most importantly Byron at fullback. So that's probably the, the one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's the ones. But um, yeah, other than that, we've got a QPR to beat. Saints from Nick there. That'd be a turn up for the books. Very helpful, wouldn't it? You wouldn't put it past QPR. You were suggesting they're on a bit of form at the moment. Yeah, with the both Sheffield Wednesday and QPR have got 10 points in the last five games, which um, is the Blue Monday standard for automatic promotion, not survival, is it? So, um, yeah, the, um, I, I think I've been infected by Joe Fares on uh, Joe's complete disrespect and slander to poor Russell Martin, but he's persuaded me now that Russell Martin's capable of losing any individual game, but they are 14 undefeated, aren't they? Uh, evening to Graham, Plymouth fan, resident Plymouth fan, Schumacher, bloody disgrace. He's obviously uh, going, gone down well there. It's Graham's Graham. opinion, not that of the Blue Monday yes, podcast. We'll we distance can, ourselves. <laughs> we can feel sorry for you, Graham. I'm, I'm sure we've, we've already talked about uh, what it will be like if uh, McKenna gets the Man United job or something stupid like that. So um, mm. we know your pain there and it'll be interesting to see who goes in there next. Um, yeah, Colin's already gone for the 3-1 address. Uh, another member of the Telegram group gone for a 2-1 to town. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of uh, optimism around us. Um, Alan's back. Uh, excellent pod, guys. Very balanced. Thank you. Uh, for all the fans coming to Ellen Road, safe journey. Enjoy the day. Um, Ellen Road's very welcoming. A long journey home, though, to reflect where it went wrong, he says. Good on you, Alan. Nice little... There's always a it's, it's like light and shade with those posts from Alan. I like that. Yeah, but there's an underlying anger, Alan, in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to like it, Switch, Alan. It's fine. Come and join us. Come and join us. Marty's going 3 there. We've got some 2 deals how Leeds... Another Leeds red card. Well, what do we think is going on That's the Portman Leeds? Road where Leeds always get someone red carded, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Steve, uh, why do so many still think Town are the underdogs? The table does not lie. He's going 2-0. So, um, no, I think uh, I love Steve, but I think we're into the realms of over oversimplicity to um, to prove your own narrative there. And I'm, not I'm just, sure the, yeah. the finances and the, um, you know, it just, just incorporate last season's league tables and Leeds were over 25 places above us. So, yeah, I, he knows why Ipswich are still considered underdogs. But and good good teams lose as well. Let's not... Oh, know. yes. Yeah, so exactly. let's not let's not pretend that the, the underdog status is a, is a factor here. It's, uh, exactly. it's the home advantage. It's the strength of the opposition, etc. Uh, Paul, one of the um, great ITFC Southwest guys, uh, sounds, like, sounds like they're making the trip. Um, so that'll be fantastic for them. Um, Nick asks a question. Championship players from outside the current top four and that we might be looking at as a target. I mean, Stansfield fits that brief, albeit he's alone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I've got the table. Uh, Johansson, the Rotherham keeper. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, would they sell us in? Let me scroll up a little bit. Um, laser at Borough. I quite like him. Midfielder, if we need it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have the utmost confidence that um, with our pattern of play and our wonderful coach, uh, whoever comes in will... Will will improve, don't they? Um, oh, off the top of my head, it's a it's a real, real, real hard one to dive into. It, it's difficult, isn't it? Because um, the players that are viable from teams that would sell tend to want to go to the parachute teams, don't they? Which is a bit annoying. And the players at the parachute teams that they would ship out to make money, we're probably not going to be able to afford, and we haven't necessarily bought so. Um, it's it's a real hard one to to kind of pick them out, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think the dashboard hopefully extends beyond the championship. The but championship, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah be interesting yeah, to see what so. happens. And it's we, we we like these high potential, low appearance making you know youngsters in Premier League teams. Don't you know, Broadhead, Clark, all fit that kind of mold, don't we? So that wouldn't surprise the, the signings that is traditionally in the championship have made a difference in January have been loan signings of England under 18, 19, right. 20, 21 players from Premier League. Diallo. Premier good, League. Oh. There you go. Yes, please. Yeah. Loving him in the mix. I think someone mentioned that in the chat earlier on. Talking about outgoings, a few people talking about Aluko, Danassi and Evans maybe moving on. Uh, Michael asks your thoughts on Edmondson um, and bringing in an, another left-footed fullback yeah. slash and a half. Yeah, again, I, I think it's the incoming player defines defines that don't they but i don't have a problem with edmondson if we don't bring anyone in but yeah uh, it's ruthless isn't it him, is he? can be upgraded yeah yep uh we've got a, another two one from dagon morningstar that's a great name as well uh david um continuing his generosity to the podcast david we appreciate you merry christmas to you and yours thank you so much for another super chat you can do likewise here at youtube as well um, but as always a thumbs up is is always appreciated that's all you need to do a little press of a button um five star rating as well on podcast and we do appreciate everyone listening on podcast um the numbers on the podcast ben always great there's a little website that i love to look at and yeah we're always doing quite well on there so thank you everyone listening on podcast do give us a five star rating uh, or a review we do read the reviews if they quote the par uh, partridge or the office even even better <laughs> um thank you to greg upper town um just waiting for the clark fist pump at leeds says Ooh, michael that'd be nice wouldn't it yeah 
Um, and yeah, Colin mentioned Lee's under pressure. Um, Stuart, love the pod. Keep up the great work in town from the US. Visiting family. Great to have you with us. Hopefully 2-1 town win, but thinking 2 will draw. And then heading to Portman Road on the 29th for QPR. Loving that. Um, yeah, I think, Ben, I think I'm afraid. Oh, here we go. I'll end with Stephen. Um, as a town fan, it wouldn't hurt taking two points from the next two. If we can't catch Leeds, it's not all doom and gloom. Thinks how we'll need to cover over 90 points to get up. I believe. There you go. Um, ben, I'm afraid you're going to have to do some present wrapping. Not doing it. No, well, we'll I'll, let, I'll let you do all the editing and post-production stuff if you want. Okay, I'll go and do the wrapping. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but thank you ever for your question. We we will be back for the flagship show on Sunday, albeit, as I mentioned, pre-record. So get your questions in via Twitter or Telegram if you're over there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Numbers have been great for this time of year. Um, so thank you, everyone, for getting involved in the chat, your predictions, your thoughts on the rotation. Two giveaways on social media, so do check those out. And as we keep boringly saying, um, thumbs up, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And um, Ben, I'm, I, I have to say, come on, you blues at the end. That's our... That's a seven eye tradition. You have so, to say thank you to Steve. Oh, first, yeah, Steve. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Steve. Thank you for your generosity as well. Happy Christmas to you. Thank you for your support. Everyone's being so lovely and generous tonight, Ben. It's because you're here. Uh, you know, it's a different no, vibe. I've been getting abuse on YouTube today. So this is just oh, really? the world, the earth, even the universe, even in itself. Um, we should plug Dave was on a Leeds podcast the other night. I can't remember what it's called. Type in uh, Leeds podcast, David Diamond. I think I'm going to be on with just Joe at some point tomorrow as well. Okay. So if you want to get the Leeds view and um, me trying to kind of talk him round, um, then uh, check that out as well um, as well tomorrow. Yeah, LS11 is the podcast. I've just retweeted it. I think, it, yeah. I think they shoved it down a Patreon feed, but I'm sure you, we can access it now. I think it's early okay. prediction, uh, early access for Patreon for them. Um, Ben, this might be your last podcast appearance, at least on Blue Monday of the season. A lot of people say Merry Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Um, so do you want to say Merry Christmas and all that kind of stuff back to everyone? I'd love to say Merry Christmas. I'd love to say thank you for everybody watching and listening. But really, the team this yeah. year has given us more than anyone oh, could. 2023. You know, we, we do Just the podcast. Kissed. Yeah, we do the podcast for um, for fun. And we hope that the... We hope that the team's good and it's a bit of a bonus and all of that. But yeah, thank you to you guys. But the big thank you is to one Kieran McKenna and the best year, whatever that happens in the next three games, unless we lose them all five nil or something. We have had the we have had the best 2023 ever. And um we've always said, Rich, the podcast isn't about us, it's about the football and the football this year just wow so that would be my takeaway yeah thank you everyone we as i said we'll be back on sunday so um me joe and dave will be talking about leads so do list tune in then um, but in terms of live chat we'll have some stuff over christmas but last time out live so uh, from me thank you everyone for joining in this season or this year and um, we'll obviously be back in the new year as well but merry christmas to everyone however your christmas looks um there's plenty if you are bored and don't want to play I don't know what games do people play these days. If your if your jigsaw is done too soon, there's so much old archive content, interviews, and all that kind of great stuff over on the channel. So do head there. But the, probably the best thing I say is um, go and join in the chat and Telegram because I'm sure that will be going 24 um, seven over Christmas as well. Ben. 
thank you for joining me. I've had a lot of fun and we've got we've got an extra 12 minutes out of wrapping for you. So um we've done our best. Thank you everyone for joining. Um and yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed that there's a there's a gift wrap one or three points coming back to Suffolk from Ellen Road. Um and yeah, come on you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.